Welcome to the Hive Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Meg. And I'm Allie, and we are both operations associates for Industrious, the leader and the pioneer of the co-working industry in the Philadelphia Professional Network. We are so proud to introduce the first installment of Hive Mind. We wanted to create a place to celebrate community within our Philadelphia Professional Network. We wanted to create a platform where we as professionals can come together during this difficult time as we all learn to navigate the uncharted waters that are our new normal. We hope to inspire and support you so we can continue to grow with you when we finally head towards normalcy as a community. All right, guys, welcome back to the Hive Mind podcast. We are sitting here with Bean to Bean. Introduce yourselves, guys. I'm Obel Jr. I'm Jonathan Pastor. Obel Sr. And I'm Gabriel. And that's the crew. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're so excited to sit down with you guys after we, you know, ran into you guys at another industrious location, um, To Liberty, at an event where you guys are the, you know, homebred coffee company there. Um, And we were, like, so thrilled to be able to chat with you guys and now bring you on here. So welcome again. We're so excited. We are, too. Good, good. Um, so give our listeners a little background on Bean to Bean. Tell us about your journey and how this came to be. Bean to Bean actually began in my mind. Uh, we were living in New York when um, it was kind of a whole transitional thing. I moved out from New York, left General Foods, which at the time had become Kraft Foods. I was there for 20 years. Maxwell House Coffee Company, by the way, Kraft Foods. Then I moved out to uh, Minnesota. Didn't like it so much, so I, had, I came back to um, the East Coast, Pennsylvania being one of my favorite places. And, and now uh, my wife was working, I wasn't working, so I'm thinking like, you know, where do I go from here? And I said, you know what? Coffee's my passion. I don't do anything else but coffee. Uh, I worked with Caribou Coffee when I was in Minnesota. I was there for about four years. Uh, and so that's kind of like where it all began, pretty much, it, this whole transitional thing from Kraft Foods to Minnesota, back to the East Coast, and that's where I, I kind of began to figure out that I better start uh, this journey some, from somewhere, and Bean to Bean was started. Bean to Bean was born. Unreal. I mean, Maxwell coffee is like so well known so now the fact that you have that background in that is amazing to be able to bring into like your own company i can imagine yeah well at the time when i was working maxwell house there were other large coffee companies like Folgers, for instance but maxwell house was the biggest especially in the united states probably uh worldwide but yeah we were doing we were doing over six million bags of coffee annually and nobody could touch it at the time. And I was just, I think I was expressing to Joe Bell <clears throat> that if you put all the coffee companies in all of Pennsylvania for the most part, they probably would not have reached that number, that six million bag number in one year combined. If you put them all together. Yeah. I, I did more coffee in one year than all these coffee, <laughs> coffee companies come out, referring to the quality side, the product development side. 
Yeah. <laughs> when he says that he just does coffee, like when we tell him, yo, we got this new tea, we got this new chai, we got this new, check out this almond milk. He's like, yeah, it's cool, nice, but yeah. like, coffee is my thing. Yeah. yeah, back to coffee. Well, hey, stick to what you know, right? That's so funny because, you know, here at Industrious, for, for our listeners who aren't Industrious members, coffee is such like a huge thing for us as part of the hospitality stuff that we do here. Um, so coffee is like all we know too, you know, that's so important to us. Um, so it's cool that even our other locations are able to have like a coffee company like Bean to Bean. I can tell it's important by the six machines you guys have in here on our way through the walk. Yeah. It's certainly a lot. It's a very big part of our day. You know, I can't function. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the history and how coming to Philadelphia kind of launched your your career here basically well like i said i was i you know ended up in pa because it was one of our favorite places when i was living in new york we'd come my wife and i would come with odell gabriel we'd come here on vacation all the time we'd go to payouts reading payouts and icaster and we'd spend weekends and stuff like that so it became one of our favorite places um consequently when i moved back from the um, midwest back here it was it was our landing spot. Uh, I got to know and love Pennsylvania, but especially the city of Philadelphia. And um, yeah, we um, we decided that this is the place where we would like to open up a you know, coffee company because it's just the, the vibe, the people, the um, desire to to you know, get to know people. In the, the coffee drinkers in Philadelphia are very savvy. Mm-hmm. And that, that attracts me. It's, it's like a challenge. Like, you know, here, try this cup of coffee. Right. This is better than anything I've ever had. <laughs> and, they'll, and, they'll, and they'll try it and, and they'll critique it. And they're very savvy. And I, and I really like that. Philly's really becoming like the East Coast Seattle when it comes to coffee with how many like small roasters there are. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really getting up there. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, Starbucks is everywhere, but these, you know, small coffee shops and stuff are more, like you said, savvy and more like um, aesthetically pleasing, you would say. So, you know, an Instagram moment in your coffee shop is super important to, you know, a millennial or Gen Z or whatever. Um, So I totally get that. So coffee clearly runs in your family. You know, how did you decide to make um, roasting a career? <laughs> for, for me, um, I came into the company with, the, with these guys. I've known them my whole life since I'm a little kid. Me and Opel went to kindergarten together, grew uh-huh. up in New York together. Yep. And then when they went off to Minnesota, my family moved to South Jersey. And um, I went into Philadelphia to go to St. Joe's and studied a lot of food marketing there. At the time, I was coming out of there working in some dead-end food jobs, which I won't name. <laughs> these guys uh, were moving back to the area and me and Obel connected through social media. So I said, you know, I've always been interested in the food and beverage industry. I've been around it my whole life, from farming to distribution. I'm like, I love coffee, let me be involved. And Obel Sr. was nice enough to bring me on and to kind of see what I can do on the sales aspect and grow the company that way. And I'd say about two years of doing that, that wasn't good enough for me. And I really wanted to make it a career. I really knew that 
there's a universal love for it in like every continent. You can ship it to every continent pretty easily. It doesn't have to be refrigerated, it doesn't have to be frozen. So I'm like, I've known these people my whole life. I can work with them to get a product out to the entire world. And I don't find it to be all that hard. <laughs> so with the right tools, with the right people, that's why I don't find it to be that hard. So about like 2018, I think is when I dove in, was like, we should get a place, we should take this seriously, we should really all come together under one roof and make this all of our careers and company. And that's what we're still doing. Yeah, I mean, you guys are killing it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, right before I decided that I was going to start working for B2B and I was leaving the university I was going to out by Pittsburgh, and I was like, I know that this school isn't really for me. Let me head back to Philly. So I went back to Philly, and they were doing their coffee thing, and I was like, this is – I enjoyed working with them and everything, but I knew it was going to be a career for me when I uh, – I, I was doing just deliveries for B2B at the time, and I was I was taking a delivery to a store, and right next door was another cafe that we were going to – try and sell coffee to it. John's like, just go in there and poke around, see what they see what they know. And when I went in there and like kinda wowed them with how much coffee knowledge I knew, they were like, Oh wow, so let's um I, they were like wowed by how much coffee yeah. like information I had. So they I, I knew right then that it was for me to like sell coffee and be in the coffee world and like go from deliveries to a more like hands on approach. So that's how I knew it was for me. I could talk to you about coffee <laughs> all day long. Right? I bet. But I couldn't sell you I couldn't sell you a bag of beans. <laughs> Gabriel walks in and immediately it's like it's like a super sales guy. <laughs> you know? And he it comes to him so yeah. so easily. He kinda like, you know, he relates to the community, he relates to the people around him and he's able to make, you know, land sales and we were like scratching our heads and all the time. We're going like, like most of the time, like I was, I started one for one on my coffee sales, so that's like yeah, it's a big account. And I'm like that never happens. Yeah, it takes yeah. me like three months to warm up. They're like, okay, we'll buy all your coffee, and it just was to so start back with <laughs> Since then, I've had a lot of no's. Since then. <laughs> <laughs> I even started a little earlier. We didn't even know it when we used to go to my dad's uh, job at Maxwell House. Oh yeah, we he used to take us in for a couple days, and we'd be around the roasting, around the smells, and I think Gabriel and I can both relate to like there's these cupping tables that are circular, and my dad used to spin us on them. I remember those little <laughs> I was like, this is great, um, and it just happened that became uh, his career that he wanted to do on his own and. We're a family, so we became a part of it. Um, all of us here, yeah, we're one big family. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, again, so savvy of you guys <laughs> to be a family-owned business and stuff and, and keeping it in the family. I love that. Sure. Absolutely. And coffee is so personal, you know? Like, you, with a small business, you have the opportunity to really inject your personality into your product. And that, that is a selling point as well. Uh, one of my favorite quotes that I've actually heard in a while was by you. I was reading your website when you said coffee is a social stimulant that brings people together. It, it's a means to unite. It's, it's a way to really bring the community together. You know, you have so many great conversations over a cup of coffee. Um, ex exactly, yeah. exactly. The guys, the guys brought their fabulous coffee with them today and we are, we are so lucky. Um, what does community mean to you guys at, at Bean to Bean and, and to you personally? Yeah, so we, 
I, I actually heard this from somebody while, while I was working at um, Kraft Foods. <clears throat> I think it was the vice president <clears throat> one, at one of our meetings said to me one time, he says, you know, Odell, everybody that you meet is your customer. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, that line, uh, the question that you're asking, I kind of translated that, translated that into community. You know, everybody that I meet, whoever I come in contact with, is part of this quality community. And so, whether I'm, uh, you know, tra traveling to country of origin, meeting over mm -hmm. the next border, um, that person is part of my quality community. Uh, whether I'm, you know, walking down the streets of Philly, and and I stop to talk to somebody, and we're talking coffee. That person immediately becomes part of my coffee community. Yeah. Uh, we just stop at the front of the at the front of the building here. Somebody we have the coffee pots and this bean to bean, and that person, whether they know it or not, just became part of that bean to bean <laughs> community. So um, everybody that we touch becomes part of the coffee community in the eyes of bean to bean. Um, I've been thinking about community a lot lately because yeah. it's a word that's like often used I think as a, a general word to bring people together but I really wanted to think about it and break it down lately like what it means to me and as far as from a personal standpoint and in the company it means the same thing to me and I feel it's individuals coming together to share their talents to progress as both individuals and as a society so I see like that coming together in our company. I see more uh, awesome, talented people being attracted to us and wanting to work with us and finding out how they can help before it's even talked about as being a job. So I feel like that can be taken to a neighborhood, to personal life, just finding out more about people, where they're strong, where they're weak, and, and all kind of helping each other to get to the same place together. Before coming uh, on to being to being, my background is in sports. Right. So I've worked with several uh, major league baseball teams, and my background in school was uh, sports management, sports marketing, and I was able to travel the world to uh, see the Olympics in 2008 and um, study abroad in Australia, where I also worked for the World Masters Games. And sports to me is one of those universal things that bring people together. And coffee is the same thing. Um, it's just a different, a different route, and a different path that you have with coffee and sports. But they still do the same thing. So that's what I love about both of those things, and I can combine my passion doing that through coffee. That's incredible. And community is, is something that we we really need nowadays yeah. after after everything that we just went through as, as a nation, as a city, as a world. Mm -hmm. It's so important to be able to, to stay connected to one another. Yeah, I know we were fascinated to hear your story about how you guys like continue to serve and unite the community midst of all this craziness in the world and the pandemic. So tell us a little bit more about that and how you guys had to pivot through coronavirus. Yeah, for, I mean, community, I, mean, I, I chose to move next door to our warehouse but when we signed up for, where I was, when we signed a lease, so I chose to sign a lease for our warehouse and sign a lease next to my apartment right next to it, so like community, it's like working community or like right next door, literally yeah. for me. What so it's like, <laughs> yeah, seriously, so, and I'm still late every day. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm good the last couple weeks. <laughs> but, um, 
so it's like not even a choice for me that community and work get intermingled because I, I chose to interject both of them together so like when I go to the gym and people call me like the bean man and like <laughs> they call, like being this and being that like it's it's cool like that I that every community that I go to whether it's like a basketball court or the gym or whatever everyone knows that I'm the coffee guy so like it's like not even a choice anymore and when it came to the the recent uh, world events that are happening, like we had to buckle down and figure out how are we gonna continue to sell coffee when most of the cafes we sell coffee to closed down. So it's been, it, it had to be with the community. It wasn't really a choice, so it was cool seeing like, we opened up our warehouse on Fridays, so, like we opened up the door and people can safely like contact free get coffee, like to one pound of coffee right there. Um, so it was cool seeing like my neighbors doing that, like people that I like see walking their dog and I'm walking my dog and hey, hey neighbor, like it's cool seeing that person like come to the warehouse and like pick up a coffee, support my business and like I get to give them coffee for a week. So that's like how we reacted to the world events, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you the real story when all that went down. Yeah. <laughs> real, definitely more on the positive yeah, side. That's the pretty story. But it's positive. So before coronavirus, like the way we were all about community and reached them was really wrapping our arms around all of our wholesale customers. Um, early on, with industrious about scheduling cupping events and coffee education seminars and things like that. That's something that was really ingrained into every day of our business. Whether it was hotels or bakeries or bagel stores, we always were nimble in how we would help those people because in the end it would help the consumer, the customer, the community have the best experience and really enjoy what we're all putting out. Overnight, 90% of that disappeared. So we were literally in, what was the building? Oh, was it the, um, the, the Bellevue? The Bellevue, yeah. Oh, and they sent the health department in as we're talking about removing coffee equipment out of there, and they shut all the lights off and said the city was shutting down at 3 o'clock, and we had to get our coffee equipment now, or we would never be allowed back in there for months. Yeah. So it was like, we were literally running down <laughs> a broad street with coffee. Smelling beans everywhere. Trying to figure out what the hell is going on in the world. Yeah. The next week, I was like, I told everyone, like, take some days off, this is crazy. We got back to the warehouse the next week, it was dark, no phones were ringing, no orders were coming in, and we literally looked around like, what are we gonna do? And we got back to like, well, we need to reach the people who were drinking our coffee. Like, we were doing all wholesale, we had all these shops, they're closed, like, it's awful that the people who were drinking our coffee over Philly, like, had no way of getting it, we just launched our website. So all we had still <laughs> connected was a printer. <laughs> we, that day we said, let's write a letter to Philadelphia. So we wrote a letter about how we understand we're all in tough times right now. And we said, let's just start with our own community. Let's hit every mailbox in Fort Richmond with this letter that like, we're here for you. And if you welcome us in your homes, we'll have coffee delivered to you tomorrow morning. And we since then rolled that out to every zip code in Philadelphia. And that's been our, like, our crazy business path and strategy now is to keep rolling that out throughout Philly, North Philly, Jersey, and to keep like guaranteeing people that will be there for you tomorrow morning. Yeah, I mean, you guys not only are delivering coffee, but like the comfort in somebody's home now, yeah. which is just a whole nother level of your business and something so important. And I'm sure Philadelphia and South Jersey especially too, like yeah. <laughs> South Jersey, you know, I will always put that out there. Um, but I'm sure they so appreciate that. I know 
we do here yes. and yeah. coming to a small social <laughs> gathering yeah, you can at Two Liberty. When people say like, uh, oh, the coffee's here? Is that the coffee? No way is it here already. Like you can yeah, hear like the show. Yeah, they are shocked. Yeah. They like, open the door like we're, you know, trying to scam them for something. Cause they're like, I just were 45 minutes ago. But then they see our branded boxes and right away they're like, how can it be? <laughs> and we wonder that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, how has it um, changed the way that you guys work in your space now? Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's given us a lot of time um, to, you know, focus on that retail side. Like Jonathan said, we just launched our website in January, so that was a godsend because without that, we wouldn't have the orders um, coming in through that uh, avenue because we were really just wholesale business. But the demand from Philadelphia to be able to get the coffee at home is what drove us to get to the website. Um, so not only um, was that one way we were spending our time, but we are working on building out our facility now to invite people to come in. Because we were just a wholesaler, it was just a warehouse, but now we're making it nice where people can come in, a little small cafe, um, and when we have everything ready, the community will be able to come in and, and see what we do like firsthand. It's amazing. I know I'm interested in coming in <laughs> for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, even just at our event the other day, like learning about coffee being a fruit. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm 26 years old and I've drinking <laughs> coffee forever and I didn't even know that. So, well, who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> and I think you were there too. <laughs> the coffee education will definitely be a big part of yeah. what we do. Um, it's it's how I learned about it, and that's what we want to share. Yeah. No. I'm. I mean, that's amazing too, to be able to learn that and enjoy coffee. <laughs> coffee at home, I think, is growing into its height now. One, because of, um, I feel like this past Christmas, like, at-home espresso machines were heavily discounted for the first time, and a lot of people are breaking into that world. And I think coronavirus has brought on a general do-it-yourself attitude. Mm -hmm. Fix your home up, or take this project on you've been putting off, or redo this room, and like, following instructions now for a French press or to make your own cold room, I think it fits right into that mentality. Like, I want to do things for myself, I'm home. It's cheaper sometimes is like, if I do it myself, then run out and, and buy everything I need in the moment for convenience. So it's quite interesting how like, do it yourself is matching, uh, making coffee from home, growing on a tight right now. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. It it definitely is a do-it-yourself kind of mentality now. But you guys are adapting to that too, yeah, so. you're adapting beautifully, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you did just that, really. Like, you, you saw a problem, and you solved it almost virtually overnight, and that's that's so inspiring. And you, you help the community in the meantime as well. well. The phones aren't ringing anymore. You got some time to think. Yeah. You know, like, it just, it was crazy how it just went away and thinking about it. It, so it really, really is. Took some time to analyze what can we do to reach the consumer directly. Yeah, if anything was a blessing out of this, it was that. Sure. And now we can talk directly to our customers um, instead of through our wholesalers, who we love as well. Uh, but this was a way for our customers to get our coffee at home. And then when they don't want to, they can go to our wholesale accounts and enjoy it there in their community. They do communicate a lot more with us now than ever. Like every day, we're getting emails and Instagram DMs and. Everything, every day, it's really cool. 
kind of the do-it-yourself attitude thing. I feel like I've done more trades and barters during this, like, Corona times <laughs> than ever before. Like, I'll trade you two bags of coffee if you let me use, like, your blender. Like, it's <laughs> like just bartering is back. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong about that. You've got the you've got the product that everybody wants. Right, so sure. I'm sure you've gotten some great bartering deals Definitely. out of that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, you guys absolutely. I mean, that what what a beautiful silver lining that you know this crazy situation turned into something that really helped pivot your business and take you in a in a direction that you probably really didn't even imagine going in before. Um, so through that initiative, like that not only made an impact on the community, but it also grew your business. Um, I was reading a bit about you guys and you liken coffee to music and art as a universal language that unites. And I, I couldn't agree more with that statement. You're doing some cool initiatives through art and music as well. So tell us about the artist studio and your brand new summer series. Like you're yeah, you're taking yeah. coffee to to a whole new level and involving so many so many folks in in your business. We yeah, coffee. Uh, it's a lifestyle for us, yeah. and the things that touch on coffee can come from so many different angles. Um, and one of those things is the art studio. That's Jonathan's project. So I'll let him touch on that a little bit. Um, you put me on the spot. So I just, <laughs> we just launched the artist studio a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it for a while. And the more we work with artists, primarily in the Philadelphia region, we want to give them more of a nod on their work rather than just, uh, this is so-and-so's mug or this is so-and-so's bowl they made for us. It's a bean-to-bean -bean product. We really want people to dive in deep to more about the artists and all their pieces of work that they've featured with us, even when stuff is no longer for sale. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, we're trying to do more smaller projects like 25 special mugs or five special train pictures or special, uh, you know, wood grain project made out of coffee beans. We only have mugs up there right now. It is brand new, but we are trying to grow that with more photographers, sound system, and feature both their story and the work they do, and uh, really give them a platform rather than just their Instagram page to show that these people are serious artists. They're not just like contracted out to do a project for us. Uh, the best part of that is most of them are really fun, cool, young Philadelphians from all different backgrounds. Uh, so it's a lot of fun for us to, to grow that now. But it is in its infancy. There's like three products up there right now. That's okay. It it's, will grow over the next few weeks. It's, it's a great idea. And art is so important to us at Industrious as well. Um, we have a rotating art program at every single location. So yeah, you saw some of the artwork when you came in. Um, we have folks come in every quarter and, and we select a local artist and, and we feature their work to, to give them a platform to really showcase their art and bring it to more people that might not have seen it. So, so that, was really, that was really interesting to us that you guys are collaborating and, and kind of doing the same. The same guy who pushed us to start this, he has the mugs on there, his name's Anthony Romero. He's from Romero, Temple University. He's also <laughs> working with us to curate our first art show we're going to put on in Philly. 
can't tell you the location yet because it needs to be confirmed. Okay. Uh, but it's surrealism, and we already have about 20 submissions from Philadelphia artists. So that's amazing. Cool. Oh, that's so exciting. That's another way for us to connect to the community. Going back to your previous question, like Absolutely. it's all about it's all about that, and this is another way to do that. Um, and then the summer series. That's something we just started uh, this past week. Uh, it was a nice turnout that we had for our first event. Um, it's called Sounds from the Park, and it's at Crep Park, which is on 16th and Arch. Um, and we have a DJ there, there's music, there's drinks, there's food, and the drinks are being to be inspired cocktails. So we have a drink called The Outlier. It's a whiskey, cold brew, and bitters. Ooh. And then, uh, yeah, and then there's uh, the Fresh Start, which is a tequila, cold brew, and cinnamon cream. Oh my god, now so, you speak my language. <laughs> so they're uh, drive over the bridge for that. I know, I will. <laughs> Hop on the Paco, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's like something we've been planning for the last couple of weeks, getting the right approvals, getting permits. It's a very, um, it's COVID friendly event. Yeah. Um, masks are worn on the way there, but when you get to your table, uh, you don't have to uh, wear them. You do need to wear them if you need your table to go to the restroom. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a really nice turnout. Um, we met friends and saw friends that we hadn't seen for a while, um, connected new people together, which is something that I think is big for us at being to being is not only uh, going out to our community and meeting new people we haven't met, but then connecting them all together as well. So really uh, networking. Is what is what this is. Uh, DJ Osagi is the one who's been there. He's going to be the resident DJ for all the uh, next three events that we have there, and it's at Capriccio Cafe. So, uh, yeah, very exciting. Uh, Fifty seats outdoor at a table, all covered under umbrellas. So if there is inclement weather, you're you're covered. You're covered, yeah. literally. <laughs> I mean, that's a such a cool way to like. One, expand what you guys do on a daily basis, but also like, I'm sure the community right now appreciates that considering like there's been very limited like experiences happening in Philadelphia this summer. People were hesitant on the first one. I mean, we did have a blessing from Center City District, so thankful for them. Just because events are, you know, it's hard to have them right now. Right. I think once people saw that everyone really was seated that servers had masks on and were bringing out drinks and it, we were able to network from like table to table. I, we were introducing, you know, one photographer to another and their tables were apart. So like, I think people were grateful for even that to see another creative person in their presence yeah. uh, and at a safe distance. So uh, that's why we feel for the next one. Now people were really looking at that first one to see like, can it be done right? Is it safe? we really feel like a lot more people are going to show up and fill the, the 50 seats. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I'll, I'll definitely be driving over the bridge yeah. for that one. <laughs> I'll, I'm into it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's just another way to create more conversation about what you guys do and about community, like we said. But what are some of the conversations, um, some of the best conversations that you guys have shared while sharing a cup of coffee? <laughs> um, my favorite one that I've had was uh, actually with this guy at um, one of our uh, one of our competing uh, cafes, La Cologne, was with him, and we bumped into the owner of La Cologne over there, and had a like we were sitting down drinking coffee, and he 
also appeared and we got to sit and talk to him about coffee. So it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool talking to the owner over there and um, like, you know, two coffee experts, like yeah. two multi decades of coffee experience in front of me. Like hearing them go at it was always, it was cool. I'd love to be a fly on the wall yeah, right, for that conversation. Right? <laughs> that's, how, that's all I want. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let me knock it in between. Yeah. Forty years of experience in front of me. Let me back up. <laughs> I had conversations per se with my mom because I started drinking coffee when I was just a little guy, and she would make it. Uh, she she boil water in a pot, throw the rinds in the pot, and then get this uh, clothy looking, sake looking. Um, just the, they call it a colador, right? And, uh, and then she pour the, the coffee into that and then strain and go into another pot and then that's how we make coffee. And I would take, she would drink her black coffee straight up and I would take the coffee, put a little milk in it and then smash or mash uh, crackers, like saltine crackers. <laughs> in your coffee? <laughs> He's coming along. I was, right. I was about, <laughs> about, about 10 years old when we did this, right? So, we, I can't remember what our conversations were going that far back, but definitely there was, you know, conversation in other ways taking place between me and my mom uh, over the cup of coffee. Uh, I remember that. And I remember going to um, Country of Origin, El Salvador, meeting this guy that had some serious passion. He was a, he was a farmer, an exporter, and with a whole lot of passion, he started explaining, this was over a cup of coffee, he explained to me, how coffee is a, um, uh, he was trying to explain to me how coffee grows and, and, and the timing in, in the growth of a, of a coffee tree and the whole thing. And again, this is like serious passion from this guy. Yeah. And he says to me, oh, well, it's like, it's like a woman that is uh, pregnant and, you know, so now you have this, this, this baby in the womb and if that baby is born at six months, then the coffee's not fully mature. It's going back and forth, right? He says, but if it goes all the way to the nine months, then that coffee is just perfect. And it's ready to go. And it can't get any better, right? Nine months. It's and so I found that extremely intriguing because it was a lesson that you could kind of relate to when you're when you're trying to understand uh, the beginning. I mean, we went we went through we went to a nursery first, and so. And then he went to and had coffee. Coffee nursery. A coffee nursery. Very good old Did he mention it's a fruit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's the kind of conversations that, that I enjoy when I'm talking to a coffee person that where I'm learning something new. And the way that he kind of described the whole thing kind of stuck in my mind. Well, conversations about coffee, you know, I can sit here and talk about it all day, but I want to hear more about saltines in your coffee. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. <laughs> we'll have to sidebar about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so funny. How about you guys? Um, I have two ways of answering that super quick. In a general way, I think um, a lot of introverted people who I can't get to open up in normal circumstances, like do over a cup of coffee or something comforting about it, where like I can really wait for someone to say what's on their mind 
and maybe like pick their brain a little bit and without that cup of coffee on the table i find it rather hard to make them feel comfortable and capture their attention at the same time on a personal level lately i'm not a big cigar smoker but we had lou liga uh, shout out Luliga. Shout out to Luliga. <laughs> I hate Luliga. I hate Luliga. <laughs> Come in and really educate us on how similar cigars are to coffee. And, and a lot of people say things are similar to coffee, so I discount them right away. I'm like, everyone says that. Like, beer's like coffee, wine's like coffee, now cigars are like coffee. But I've never seen anything more like coffee than cigars, where he talked about how he makes different, and this was all over multiple cups of coffee, where we were pairing lighter coffees with lighter cigars and darker coffees with darker cigars and he taught us how you can get a wrapper from one country but the tobacco that goes on the inside from another just change the flavor and you can do all these different blends so i sat there in amazement that i knew nothing about the cigar industry i see how much it relates to coffee and i'm like this never would have happened if it wasn't for a cup of coffee Right. So it really blew my mind. I was like, what else can I learn over a cup of coffee? So I'm really waiting for that next thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say that as well because it was so recent that that conversation we had um, with the cigars was pretty amazing. Um, opened up my mind to how coffee and something I never knew of before could pair well so, uh, so well together. It brought new flavors to my palate after smoking a cigar and taking a cup of coffee and yeah it like showed me that there are other ways to enjoy coffee um and what to pair it with and in, just in generalities having a cup of coffee with somebody you haven't met for a really long time or haven't seen them catching up i think that's pretty cool um i think that is a way to connect people so you say hey i haven't seen you in a while let's grab a cup of coffee so just yeah I know with like my girlfriends and stuff I'm like hey let's get coffee versus like hey let's get dinner it's just like a more intimate kind of situation and that's you that's know that's why if an ex ever suggests let's get a cup of coffee <laughs> yeah say no <laughs> you are right that. about that 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 is true get a free meal not well, coffee <laughs> yeah no, I totally agree. Well, I'm actually dying to know because we have a few different uh, situations here versus cold brew versus hot coffee, I think, is in there. So what what are all your your favorites, you know? Cold or hot? What are you? Um, I mean, like, our cold brew is the best. So yeah. I just drink our cold brew black, and it never lets me down. Like, I might be biased, but I really think we have the best cold brew I've ever had. So to me, cold brew, black, just ice, you're good. Um, if I'm gonna go to a cafe though, maybe I'll throw in a shot of espresso, but not in the 76. I don't wanna ruin the 76 with a shot of espresso. But yeah, uh, cold brew, black, that's it. Nice. <laughs> if people ask what's my favorite coffee all the time, it's either a Tanzanian tea berry or Costa Rican tea berry, black hot. So the one. Yeah, what is it? They don't know what pea berry means. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, this is true. I did not. A pea berry is kind of a. Actually, this is where the bean to bean name actually came from, because uh, uh, we talked about the coffee cherry. So you have um, a coffee cherry incorporates two beans in one pot, so they go like this, right? And that's why we call it bean to bean. 
Oh, that's so cool. Um, pea berry is kind of a mutated bean. There's only one bean in a pod, and it's kind of circular. So that's kind of why. I mean, I think. Off the wrong look and everything. Yeah, and I, I mean, I had this argument, if you will, with the guy that taught me everything. I know if he called me, called me, and he's now living in uh, Miami, taking it easy, right? Right. So he taught me everything <laughs> I know about coffee. Uh, <laughs> and he, um, he had this argument with me all the time that the regular coffee bean doesn't really taste any better or any worse than a pea berry. But my experience has always been that every time I taste a pea berry bean, it tastes better. So that's why I like pea berry beans better. Nice. Tanzanian and Costa Rican have a little bit less. Good to know. That's awesome. I'm leaving to the cold brew. It's hard not to be. Um, we brew it in a concentrated format. Uh, I'll brew at home. We teach people how to brew at home. You can do it on a French press, English way. I just really think it's the most enjoyable coffee drink. It's just so smooth. And one thing that's really cool is, I don't know why, but when most people drink it for the first time, they doubt that just coffee's in it. They think we've added some sort of Sugar. chocolate flavor or a sweetener. And we really explain to them it's all about you know, the extraction method, and we're really pulling a lot of the coffee oils out of the beans overnight, and that's what you're tasting. So it's cool just to see people still, after cold brews been out for a few years, be like, I never knew that. So it, it, that's cool too, like drinking it, sharing the experience, like hot coffee, it's cool, but everybody's had it, everybody brews at home or, or has their cafe. Cold brew is still a phenomenon that like people are amazed that coffee can taste that good and they can make it themselves now, which is cool. Yeah, people tell us uh, our coffee is the smoothest coffee they've ever had. So that's something we, we take pride in, that we have the smoothest cup of coffee in Philadelphia. Um, and for me, it really depends on my mood, my environment, just like music. Um, so if it's hot out, I'll have a cold brew black. If I want to a treat, I'll maybe add some milk in it or a creamer. But in the winter, a nice cappuccino with some cinnamon on top as well. Mm, yeah. Love it. So uh, it, it just varies on time of year, environment, all that stuff. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm personally, I love black coffee, so I could take it either way, but in the summer, pretty much all fall too, like you'll catch me with a cold brew. Yeah, so nice. I definitely yeah. agree that yours is very smooth and I, <laughs> you know, you don't even need espresso, which is usually what I add in other places. Mm -hmm. um, I'll get, grab a espresso shot, so. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this podcast. It was so interesting learning all about coffee and you guys in the company. Um, I can't wait to, to maybe host an event with you and, you know, definitely drink in the park and try some yeah. nice coffee yeah. cocktails. We need to get you guys yes. in for a happy hour. That's yeah. for sure. sure. We, <laughs> need to, we need to do that. That's yeah, part of our lifestyle where we actually do a beer with Doc Street Brewery that comes out in the fall. Um, yeah. This is our fifth year now. Yeah. Um, it's called the Bean to Bean Espresso Stout. Oh. So that gets released probably end, uh, in October sometime. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we've been doing it for a while now and it's been getting more and more reviews. They submitted to the Great American Beer Festival last year. Oh, wow. Year. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's also part of our lifestyle where beer comes into place. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, that's so exciting and we will definitely have you guys in for a happy hour. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. again, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, tell our members and audience 
um, where they can find Bean to Bean um, in local cafes, on social, all the details. So online you can find us at beantobean.com and if you're in the Philadelphia area we'll do next day delivery. So if you place your order by 7 a.m. it'll be there by 7 p.m. the next or 7 p.m. the next day, yeah. Um, we also so list all of our locations that we're servicing on the website too. So you can click Brooklyn, Philadelphia, New Jersey and see where we're at in these regions. Um, and then yeah, beantobean.com is where you can find all of our coffee snacks, goodies, oat milk cans, and the artist studio. Yes. <laughs> and uh, follow us on Instagram at bean2beancoffeeco. That's bean the number two, bean coffee go. Awesome. And what about the summer series? The summer series, yes. Next Thursday. Uh, I don't know what day that is, but uh, it's next Thursday, and it'll be the following two August 20-something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 27th, I believe. I think 27th is right, yes. And then it's 5 to 9 p.m following two Thursdays after that. So we will be doing three in a row. Um, yeah, so please come see us, have some drinks, interact with humans again, <laughs> and do it over a couple coffee. Awesome, well thank you guys again, and we'll be back with another episode next Wednesday.